Hello. Hello, what's up? Guess who's back? Back again. It's us. We're it's back. Us. We're here. Have another request this week, guys. Yeah, this one. We've been sitting on this one for a while, but don't you fret. If it's in our pile, we'll get to it eventually, probably. So, yeah. Today, for Murder Happy Hour, we are going to discuss the West Memphis 3. And this was like, it was like making a murderer and serial before making a murderer and serial. If that makes sense. Like, <laughs> like it was like the big thing. And there's HBO series about this. Like, it's... Yeah, like, there's a lot of, like... There's, moving. like, a famous guy who did, like, this big documentary. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's all kinds of stuff on it. There was actually a show about this that Reese Witherspoon played in. Fast fact. And one of the gentlemen that was spent time in prison... Was the executive producer? Interesting. Um, that I didn't know. These are the random facts that I find out there on the interweb. Fun facts. I like it. I'm good with fun facts, but you can put that little fun fact in wherever it works. It maybe is a spoiler, but yeah. Well, I don't have fun facts. I just have murder facts. Yep. So let's begin. I bring the. <laughs> I bring the weird. <laughs> crazy things that like I have to go to page like 600 on Google search to find these things but I do <laughs> I'm more of a page oneer. <laughs> I mean I like page one too but I get real deep in there sometimes so May 1993 three eight-year-old boys were playing outside in the evening um they were seen last about 6.30 p.m. One of the boys' dads was calling them in for supper. And then they were literally just, like, gone. Just gone. Nobody's yeah. really sure where. No, they just kind of disappeared. Um, so the three boys um, were Steve Branch, uh, Michael Moore, and Christopher Byers. And they were all um, Boy Scouts. They were all in the second grade. Um, Steve was an honor student. Um, Michael. Can you be an honor student when you're eight years old, by the way? Well, apparently. Like when I was in elementary. Yeah, when I was in elementary school, you got an S or an I. I when I was in elementary school, this is what sticks Maybe out. Maybe it wasn't an I. It was a needs improvement. Whatever it was. <laughs> That's an F. No, I never got those. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I only got S's. No, I remember in elementary school, the best part, like the best competition we had was, I think it was fourth grade. We had these cars, like oh, yes. paper cutout cars, and mm-hmm. they hung from the ceiling with paper clips. And I want to say, I don't. it had to do with, like, math or reading or some specific class, I think. And, like, every time you pass something or, like, check something off the bottom, mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. Every time you, like, completed something, your car got to move forward. And me and my two best friends, like, were in, like, the heat of competition with these cars. And it was, like, us three at the front of the race. Like, who could win? I don't even remember who won. I don't think it was me. 
You did win, though, because you actually were a year younger than your friends. That's right. Because Amber, fast fact, skipped a grade in elementary school. I love to tell people that, and people are always like, what? Ugh, and then I have to, like, explain it. But leave it to me. Thing, that I... The good thing for you guys is I can't hear your questions, so I don't have to explain <laughs> anything to you. But Basically, yeah. she went to a really small school, and they were like, oh, well, she's doing that class real good. Let's move her up <laughs> <laughs> and that was basically that's it. exactly how it happened <laughs> they're like yeah she's she's doing too good we got a bumper actually like it is funny because the school was super small and they had combined like they had yeah. one teacher for two classes so but the day your desk. yeah the day that I like actually skipped a grade they like moved up to the next grade they basically were like just like move me over to the other side and everybody's like why is she going over there and I was like like, because I'm smart because I can read second grade now (laughs) yeah anyway so Steve much like me was an honor student as a second grader got only s pluses (laughs) um and uh Let's see, where am I at? I got Michael, I got Steve. Oh, no, Michael, he liked to, my little fun fact about him is he liked to wear his Boy Scout uniform around. Even when he wasn't going to a meeting, he just, like, loved it so much. And he was and the leader of the pack. He was, yeah. Probably why he wore his uniform to Which show who's in charge. Weird. The one with the kid wearing the Boy Scout uniform is the one in charge, but. That was, like, the thing, though. They were, they were all Boy Scouts. And then. Know. Christopher, um, he was like a sweet boy who still believed in the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, which I think at eight, isn't that kind of normal? I don't know. No. No? Well, not for me. At like six, well, I was like, nah. <laughs> Guys. Got this figured out here. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> you can't fool me. So I make a real effort with my kid to like, like the Easter bunny just came and he put out lettuce and carrots, which was his idea, by the way. So for a kid his age, that's a pretty good idea. And he, so I like took some of the lettuce and hid it in like the bottom of the garbage can that he laid out. Like he's going to notice that there's let, you know what I mean? Like he's Mm -hmm. not going to care. And then I like bit two of the carrots apart and like gnawed on them. So they looked like a bunny got them. It's got to be authentic. Good job. And he was so thrilled. Like, he didn't give two craps about his Easter basket. He just cared that the bunny gnawed on his carrot. That the bunny came. Well, that's sweet. Good job, Mom. (laughs) He also told me today, I asked, I texted Amber this already today, but I asked him if he wanted us to get chickens, like, meaning, like, chickens to lay eggs. And he's like, yeah, and mini corn dogs. Like, he thought I meant, like, popcorn chicken food. Well, I mean, I can see where he would be confused. I'm like, I've been from daycare for too long. It's time to go back to school. That's so funny. And I looked at him, and I'm like, what? Okay. (laughs) Never mind on the chickens, then. Chicken nuggies coming right up. No, popcorn chicken. Oh, popcorn chicken, sorry. Oh, The nuggets. The nugs have to be the dinosaur-shaped nugs, and you can't get those in town. So, three-year-olds are very particular. Guess so. 
Yeah. So, the three young boys basically disappeared. Um, that evening, they kind of did a little bit of a search, but not really anything super organized or, like, put together, which seems weird. Like, three eight-year-olds are missing, and you're like, we'll look in the morning. Like, no big deal. Yeah, I thought that was a little weird, too. They were like, all right, search begins at 8 a.m. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> I guess they did kind of look around the neighborhood, yeah. but I think that they thought that they were just, like, off somewhere and they'd be back. Right. So the next morning when the boys were nowhere to be found, they started what they called a human chain search. So basically everyone was like shoulder to shoulder and just like walked. Um, and they did that for half the day. And then they ended up finding a shoe in the creek that led them to a drainage ditch, which is where they found the body of all three boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, wasn't a pretty sight. Um, no. Yeah, they were they were naked. Their clothes were all found, like nearby. Yeah, but, like stuck in the sticks. It sounded like. Yeah, I don't know if Something they like weird. tried to push them down or if they just got thrown and stuck and mm-hmm. stuff. But and yeah, and so they had they were um, Christopher was mutilated. Um, so, like, some people said that it, he was um, castrated by a knife. Some people were like, oh, no, it's just, like, from an animal after the fact. But either way, Girl. just, yeah, like, so sad. And they, the cause of death was determined to be multiple injuries or multiple injuries and drowning. Mm-hmm. So, um. And they were, like, hogtied, these poor little boys, which is so sad. With their own shoelaces. Oh. Can you even tie your... Yeah, at eight, you can probably tie your shoes. But, yeah, so sad. So, right away in the investigation, they had these two teenage boys that they thought maybe had something to do with it um, by the names of Chris Morgan and Brian Holland. So, they both had been in trouble for drugs before, and, like, a few days after the bodies were found, they just, like, up and took off. Uh, one of the boys was more, uh, Chris Morgan was thought to be, like, he knew the younger, he knew the three boys that had been killed because apparently he drove an ice cream truck in their neighborhood. So, um, they were arrested in California where they took off to, they took polygraphs and it's said that they indicated deception But, um, (laughs) the guy that drove the ice cream truck was like, yeah, I don't think I did anything, but I've done a lot of drugs and I black out a lot. So I might've killed them. Yeah. He basically was like, well, I don't know. Could have happened. Don't remember. Uh, second theory was one they call, which is, this is strange, called Mr. Bojangles. (laughs) (laughs) There was this, like, belligerent man in um, a Bojangles restaurant, which apparently Bojangles is, like, a chain restaurant, um, not far from the crime scene. But he was super disoriented and was in the women's bathroom. Uh, He was bleeding and was, like, stumbling into all the walls. By the time that the cops got there, (laughs) the guy was gone. But they really... 
didn't think much of it until the boys' bodies were found, and then the manager at the restaurant was kind of like, oh. Yeah, that's kind of... This this weird thing happened. (laughs) So this belligerent person was... (laughs) Like, that kind of sticks out in your mind. Yeah. So, yeah, they went... They did go back and supposedly took samples of this blood from the balconies, but... It was Not never much. tested. They no, said they, they lost it. They lost they? it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that and interesting? How things yeah. just go missing. Yeah, they. Yeah, like the, it was just kind of never followed up on. Like we don't know who this guy was, where he just went. Just some creepy drunk guy stumbling around. Yeah, exactly. So apparently, two of the um, police officers that were associated with this investigation thought that the murders had what they called, um, I quote, cult overtones. And that's what brought them to Damien Eccles because he was apparently interested in occultism and they thought he must be capable of murdering children. Well, yeah, they were like, yeah, he wears a lot of black. He listens to a lot of like rock or like metal music. Yeah. And so seems seems like he could be the one. So they polygraphed him. It said that he was being deceptive. And apparently when they interviewed him, he mentioned that one of the boys had injuries to his private parts, which the cops were like, oh, he did it. Like, because apparently that information wasn't released. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Well, they were, like, asking him things, too. Like, they were almost using him like a resource, it seemed like, mm-hmm. for for this, you know, for his religion or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so they would, like, ask him things about the crime, and he was like, yep, nope, yep, that sounds like something that... This would, yeah. That it would apply to, or, yep, like, water has significance, or this has significance, so and they went on like this for like over a month and then they questioned a man or another man i'm sorry a teenager by the name of jesse miss kelly who was categorized as borderline intellectual functioning which i had to google that and be like what because this was in the 90s i mean it wasn't you know And basically what it means is that they likely have some sort of developmental delay. Mm -hmm. But he was questioned by himself. Like, his parents were like, oh, yeah, you can take him down to the station. And they took that to mean, like, oh, we can question him however we want. Right. And and he was a minor. He was only Mm -hmm. 17. And, um, yeah, like you said, he was intellectually disabled of some kind. Some sort, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, so he was questioned for, like, over 12 hours. They only recorded, like, 45 minutes Hmm. of his questioning. 45 minutes. What happened to the rest of the day? Literally. Yeah, exactly. For a kid. Right, yeah. The 17-year-old who doesn't know what's going on, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so he, he ended up confessing. Yeah. They ba- and then basi- basically said, like, I was coerced later, but... Like, well, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but yeah, so these these teens too, like they're almost like the perfect, you know, all oh, these like you would say they look Kids. good for it because they were like not the best. No, they were behaved. definitely like they had you know bad reputations, like got into fights. Um, they had previous arrests for like mi- I mean minor things Burglary, like shoplifting. Like, yeah. Um, I think they both had dropped out of high school. Um, no, I mean, you know, just like mm-hmm. teens that just got on the wrong path or whatever. Um, and like to wear black and listen to heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. But the, so apparently there was a third gentleman also involved by the name of Jason Baldwin, but he, um, was actually really, really smart. This Baldwin character and they thought that maybe he had something to do with it because Jason Baldwin and Damien Eccles were really good friends in school. They kind of round, round around together a lot, but they don't really know how Jesse Miss Kelly, like, he was a friend. Like, I wouldn't even like say a friend. he wasn't even friends with them, really. Yeah, they, like, knew each other, and that was about it. Yes. So it was kind of like, meh. They somehow all got lumped in together. Yep. And they had the confession from Miss um, Kelly to basically corroborate the whole story. And they had Eccles saying that one of the boys had been mutilated. So, but Eccles, um, he had basically a really rough upbringing. Sources say that social services was at his house a lot. Um, he had been arrested. He was really, really mentally ill. Um, I guess he had delusions. He had a, both auditory and visual hallucinations. So not only did he hear things, but he saw things, too. Um, he basically had, like, crazy wild mood swings. And apparently he claimed at one time before before any of the murders even happened that he had obtained superpowers by drinking human blood. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yep, they definitely had their, their yeah. that was part of their reasoning for, you know, claiming these boys did it. Yeah, great. And it's so, also, like, the early 90s, which is, um, you know, basically coming right off of satanic panic when everybody was that like the 80s i think they were just like blaming all these killings on like cult worship and or like cults and satanic worship and demons Mm. and all that kind of stuff so of course like one one kid looks the part and they're like oh it's gotta be that that's him for sure um, and so, also, they had this witness. Um, her name was Vicki Hutchinson, um, and then her son Aaron, who claimed that the boys were killed at the playhouse, whatever that is supposed to mean. Yeah. Um, and so, like, Aaron, the son, was friends with the boys, right? Yes, I okay. believe so. Yeah. Yep, and so, so he claimed to have, or she claimed that he said he had seen it. But mm-hmm. he didn't know who did it, um, but, like, said it was these three teenagers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were, like, relying heavily on her as a witness. Um, but later, she said, 
that her statements were not true um, and that she was forced by the police, of course, to provide this statement. She also, um, like, wanted to claim the reward, and I don't know, was she Mm -hmm. facing other charges? I think that they were threatening to press charges because of, say, if she said that she, basically, she didn't cooperate, they were going to try and come up with something type of deal. Right, like, basically, yeah, you say you're, you say you saw this or else. Mm -hmm. But apparently they, so Damien and Mr. Miss Kelly and Vicky went to a Wiccan meeting, Wiccan conference in somewhere in Arkansas. But apparently at the meeting, Damien Eccles was drunk and belligerent and was bragging about killing the boys. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, that's when Miss Kelly was, um, questioned and ended up being arrested so there's whether yeah, that's like, true or not it's there's to know. so much in this case where that like it's he said she said yeah. and like claims of this being done or said and it's so hard to tell what's true yeah. and what's not true so in 1994 the three boys went to trial um miss kelly was tried separately because he had confessed and apparently that's falls under something called a Bruton rule, which basically says that he, his confession can't be used against his co-defendants. So he was tried separately and then Eccles and Baldwin were tried together and all three of them pleaded not guilty. So apparently during Miss Kelly's trial, a professor of, sociology at uc berkeley and this guy was an expert at confessions and police coercion which i didn't even know that it was a thing you could be an expert at but whatever said that this was a quote classic example of police coercion and apparently his confessions were all like super inconsistent and it was just totally way far out there but February 5th, 1994, he was convicted by a jury on one count of first-degree murder and two counts of second-degree murder. So he was sentenced to life plus two 20-year sentences. His, uh, he, was a, he appealed a couple times, and he basically was told, too bad. <laughs> You're stuck. So then the other two that were tried together... As soon as Miss Kelly's trial was over, about a month later, the other two went to trial. And this is where the prosecution brought up, like, the satanic blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. They even got experts to say that, like, this had to be a satanic ritual, blah, blah, blah. The boys were also found guilty. And Eccles was sentenced to death. And Baldwin was sentenced to life in prison. Um, they think that Eccles is like, was likely the mastermind. So that's why they chose the death sentence for him. All three boys, um, ended up spending, what was it? 18 years, Mm -hmm. 18 years in prison. Um, Eccles spent most of his time in a supermax facility where he was locked in his cell for 23 hours a day on death row. So, 
Throughout this whole time, there was, like, tons of criticism about if these boys were actually guilty or if it was a police coercion thing or who killed these three young eight-year-olds, I guess, is the the thing. But they even got, like, celebrities involved in this. Yeah, like, this like was huge. the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, didn't somebody sue one of the Dixie Chicks because yes. of stuff that they had said? Yes. I believe it was Eccles, which does not surprise me, but... Yeah. <laughs> there were, like, multiple documentaries and movies made about this. Um, there was actually, like I said, a movie that Reese Witherspoon even starred in about this whole case, which was called The Devil's Knot. So, yeah, all through... I've yeah. I've totally seen that, and I did I, not put together that that was this case. Yeah. Like, I, I, saw, I saw it a long time ago. I haven't seen it, but I want to now. Yeah, I want to, I kind of want to watch it again. Anyway. So, I'm going to have to put that on my watch list. Heck yeah. So throughout this time, they were, the boys were all appealing their sentences, trying to get something to go. So in 2007, Eccles petitioned for a retrial, saying that now that there was this DNA evidence, and they actually, the DNA came back that they said it was likely or it wasn't inconsistent with one of the boys' stepdads. It wasn't, like, how is that even a thing? Like, we're not saying it is his, but we're not saying it's not consistent well, with it. What like, I read, yeah, what I read on it, so it was, like, it was a piece of hair yeah, um, on the shoe, and, mm-hmm. it like, it matched, it matched the stepdad, but it also matched, like, one and a half percent of the rest of the population. Like, whatever that means. I don't know if they just, like, didn't have enough DNA evidence to make a full yeah. profile or whatever. But, yeah, so it it, it did, it did, it matched. <laughs> then there was another theory um, about Christopher Byers' dad apparently gave a documentary worker who was working on, like, the story of the boys a knife that had blood on it. Yeah. Like, what? I don't, yeah, it was like a weird, I wasn't really sure where the story was going, but yeah. And at first he claimed he never used the knife. Yeah. Um, then he cut up a deer. Yep. Yeah. And then they found blood on it that matched his blood type and Christopher's blood type, one of the, like, his boy who was killed. And it sounded like the police just sort of, like, suggested, quote, (laughs) what might have happened. Like, oh, well, maybe you left it out and you cut yourself or something. And he was like, yeah, that sounds good. And then that was about it. That was where the hunting knife ended. And they just, like, let it go. Like, they were like, okay. Yeah. Um, There was another theory about possible teeth imprints. That they, the boys had been bitten, apparently, on Stevie's forehead. But they weren't sure if it was from an animal. And, like, then they did his autopsy, and nothing was noted on the autopsy. 
So it's like, was there or wasn't yeah. there? Yeah, was it a thing or are we just blowing smoke here? Well, and then you like, wonder with, like, all the documentaries and all the stuff going on, like, again, what what's being said and, yeah. you know, that's true or what's real evidence or what's facts and what's just people talking, yes. you know? Yeah, it's a lot of, basically a ton of hearsay. Yeah. But eventually it's the DNA that, and um, there was also a foreman of the jury that they said likely this is why they got the case retried, was from the additional evidence of the DNA and the foreman that it sounds like basically was taking a bribe. September 2008, a judge denied the request for a retrial, saying that the DNA wasn't enough information, which, like, if DNA is not enough information, I'm not real sure what is, but... Well, exactly. That ruling then went to the Arkansas Supreme Court, and basically they were granted... Or, no, it wasn't granted from there. That went to the Arkansas Supreme Court, and then it was, like, bumped back down to a lower court again. And that guy was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> basically. <laughs> like, great. Long okay. Sure. Yeah. So basically, the boys were possibly going to be going into a retrial, but they ended up taking a plea deal in 2011 called an Alfred, Al- Alfred plea, which basically says, okay, so I'll read it. It's a legal mechanism that says defendants can plead guilty while still saying they're innocent. But basically they're saying that they know that the prosecutors have enough evidence to get them convicted. Yeah, like I've seen these before. They're very confusing, but like they kind of, like it sucks and it doesn't suck because it's basically being like, yep, we're guilty, but not really. <laughs> but they have to say they are. No, they can say they can say they're not, but but they have to. They're pleading guilty. Yes. Yeah. So the boys were all three given time served and were released. They were given, I guess, a suspended sentence of ten years, and I guess if they went back to prison or if they reoffended, like I'm assuming killed another kid, they would be sent back to prison for twenty one years. So, that day, they all just literally, these three guys got to walk out of the courthouse. Yeah, so they sat in jail or in prison. One of them on death row for 18 years. 18 years. Um, Damien (laughs) Eccles ended up marrying a woman who wrote to him while he was in jail because she had watched his documentary. Hey. And you they find got love married. where you find love. I guess, whatever. <laughs> they got married while he was still in prison. So he moved to New York City to be with her. And now they live in Salem, Massachusetts. Because apparently in Salem, Massachusetts, they're very open to the Wiccan lifestyle. So that's that's good. More power to you, brother. Exactly. He's wrote a memoir about his life. And he's an aspiring artist. Uh, Jesse Miss Kelly was, he is the only one of the three boys that went back to West Memphis after their release. And he's the only one that's really like 
kind of went underground and is trying to stay out of the spotlight. Like, he wants nothing to do with it. And I guess his dad was interviewed, and they were like, why is he staying out of the spotlight? And he was like, well, you guys are the ones that sent him to the pen. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all right, then. (laughs) And apparently he's living with his girlfriend and working in construction and just trying to maintain a low profile, like... Like, living his life. Have my normal life. Doing some honest work. Good for him. Jason Baldwin is now married and lives in Seattle. He's also wrote a book about his experience with, like, a co-author. And he's the one that executive produced The Devil's Knot with Reese Witherspoon. And he's trying to raise money to go to law school to help other falsely accused people. All right. So, and they're just, like free to go basically like it it is what it is so i'm just curious i guess what amber your thoughts are do you think well okay yeah i don't know i feel like we have to talk about the stepdad a little more yeah that's for sure um and that because that that's the evidence that kind of you know started the whole yeah thing that got these boys out right so his name is terry hobbs who is steve's stepdad um he's the one who the hair was found so it was his hair or potentially his hair and then another hair that matched um his friend david jacoby and like Hobbs claims he was with Jacoby that night and like mm-hmm. that's his alibi and whatever and even like even one of the other boys dads was like yeah it's not weird that this guy's hair would be on like with the boys like they're over at each other's houses all the time you know like mm-hmm. one piece of hair isn't like yeah. saying you murdered these kids um so there's that but then there's also you know the long history of abuse <laughs> of his wife and kid um, there's other assaults. There were witnesses, quote unquote witnesses, claiming to have seen him with the boys that night. Oh. Again, who I don't know who the witnesses are, and also like if the boys were all playing together, they're eight. So like, it's not. I also don't think it's yeah. like super weird that the stepdad would be seen with them. So I don't know. Yeah, that, like well, watching them or whatever. Yeah. Um. And then apparently, later on, um, Hobbs's nephew claimed that his uncle, my uncle Terry, murdered those boys and, like, said it was this whole big family secret. So, again, oh. just another thing that people, like, another claim yeah. that somebody's saying or whatever. But so there's all these kind of, like, weird things that are linking this Hobbs, the stepdad, to this case. Um, and I think that seems a lot more likely than these random boys just being like, all right, we're going to get them. We're going to murder three boys. Yeah. Yeah. For absolutely really no reason. Right. But the annoying thing is that the state of Arkansas is not going to reopen the case. Like, no, I don't, I, it's in their mind, they've got it. Yeah. They, they think it was the teens. And I don't, I was telling Morgan this earlier, like, we do a lot of unsolved cases, as you guys know, Mm -hmm. but, like, this one drives me crazy, 
Yeah, because the more you research, you get just more questions and more questions. Like, I can't make a definitive decision here of what I think happened. Like, I really honestly don't know. No, I even, like, as I was just looking at my notes now about this Hobbs guy, I was going back and forth as I was saying it. I was like, well, yeah, this happened. Well, yeah, but then this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know. Like, there's no, I think they just didn't do... They just, they messed up so much evidence right away. Oh, yes. That they don't have, like, they don't have good evidence, physical evidence. Everything nope. is just hearsay. And also, it's like, well, how much do you trust these cops, too? Because it sort of seemed like they Something bungled everything. Right. And that yeah. they're, yeah, like, whether they just, like, messed up or if they were doing it on purpose. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, like, evidence not tested, evidence not stored, evidence lost. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like we have all the information that we could have. No, for sure. And, yeah, I'd like Amber said, I could go back and forth as for making a case for each. So, which really, for these guys, I mean, they're out and they're free, but they're still labeled as the West Memphis three basically forever. Like this is a oh, very yeah. high profile case that isn't just going to go like be forgotten about, you know? No. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who still think that they did oh, it yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you. I don't, I don't know that I can form a opinion one way or another. I'm not sure. Yeah. Do I think that the way they went about like the way they went about it and with the evidence they had and stuff, I, I, don't think yeah they should still be in prison like that seemed a little crazy but at the same time did they make did they do it i don't know if they didn't i don't know who did there's no answer here we probably will never know no sorry guys again that yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean this one's interesting because it's got so many moving parts and so much weird so much weird with this one there's a lot going on, yeah. And I just think, like, yeah, even with, like, the two suspects that you had mentioned earlier, or the three, like, the teenagers yeah. and that Bojangles guy, like, I don't know how many more could there potentially have been two, but they mm-hmm. sort of, like, honed in on the three teens right away. Yeah. Other than, the, other than Eccles was known to the police, and they knew he was into that stuff so yeah I don't know tell us what you think yeah what do you guys think do you think they did it do you think that it was Mr. Hobbs do you think it was Mr. Bojangles (laughs) (laughs) who done it send us a private message on Insta or Facebook and let us know what your thoughts are (laughs) but we're tired so we don't but have any good segue to the end of our episode. So but this we're is that. five weeks into the corona. <laughs> Everybody is tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like definitely past my bedtime right now as well. I know. So definitely hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. Let us know what your thoughts are, who you think did it. And we will maybe bring you a solved case next week. We're not making any promises, though. (laughs) (laughs) But until next time, guys, stay safe, lock your freaking doors, and wash your hands.
Let's get rid of that corona. I'm ready to go back to work and life. Who's the soap? Sing your 22nd song. You got this. See you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.